0: And welcome to another episode of the Sm- Uh, oops, oops.
1: What's up, Mr. Williams? I- hey, look, I ain't forget that butt whipping y'all gave us last time in space, man. <laughs> man. Trust me, I- I've been flying on that thing. And Mr. Barnes, how you doing over there?
2: Good, man. Right, <laughs>
1: see the chief. and I look
2: She said she got a mess make them jealous i'm it on the guard politicking with the fellas we go full throttle arm i never let her man they just want her ketchup but they never let us she want my chicken wing i ain't talking liver pepper she dancing in the rain what that mean i gotta wet her broke ass nigga get your life together when you politicking with the fellas i call her bad bitch, say she want to politick. all oh, she really want
0: to say the other show Welcome to another episode of The Fellas. I'm your boy, B-Bond, and The Fellas are here. We are back, ready to rock, ready to roll. We got some guests with us today. We got a nice little topic for y'all. Happy Juneteenth. This is when y'all are going to be watching this episode. Hope y'all are out there enjoying the weather, getting your barbecue on, out there in the sun, doing whatever it is you guys want to do on Juneteenth. But we got something for y'all to partake in today um and and without further ado i'm gonna go ahead and kick it off y'all have watched you know black excellence y'all have watched black excellence part two y'all have watched our episode on fatherhood you have watched uh statistical analysis part one and two today we are bringing y'all elder statesmen you know we the younger fellas and these are the young fellas you know what i'm saying younger and young i ain't gonna call them old but we are gonna say they elder statesmen from the fatherhood episode you know, you heard me talk about this 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 young man uh, where he taught me everything I needed to know about being a black dad, about being a father in general. You know, so without further ado, I want to introduce my pop, my dad, my father, pastor, soon to be Dr. Bond. Let me give him a hand. <laughs> pastor Bond, go ahead. And
2: introduce yourself to the people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How y'all doing, people? Um, I'm Kenneth Bond, uh, Brandon's dad. And uh, he talked about black excellence and what came to mind as he was talking was the willingness to accept our mistakes. Right. So because we made a lot of them. And so over the years, uh, we've been doing this for a long time, had him when we were 18, 19 years old. So we've, we've been kicking it for a long time as father and sons. So through that, made a lot of mistakes, but overcame. And uh, so he sees me as a black excellence. I'm honored that he would even say that. But Air Force 22 years. Uh, professional career uh, since I was born, gr- working in the grocery stores and all the way up until retiring from the Air Force, uh, ended my career on the commission side. So after I finished education, I applied and became what uh, Major Major Williams is sitting right there. That's where I retired as well. And so we are uh, just blessed to have achieved that and just on in my career, bivocational, as they say, getting that military retirement in addition to working and right. so we are we are blessed in that regard. So that being said, that's who I am. Been married for thirty six years, and uh, two three sons: Brandon, his younger brother Bryce, then our youngest, uh, Xavion, who's twelve years old. Soon I see him in the NFL. About five nine, and sixty pounds. He's on his way. So y'all just keep us in your prayers. All
0: right, that's my pop. That's my dad. Moving on down the list, we have julius and b money y'all want to introduce you all to dad
3: hey, real quick you know i talked about it on uh black excellence part two uh that's my dad he's sitting there of course my brother ju uh just shake me but i'll allow them to take more to leave since they uh been blessed to be able to be next to each other juice here definitely got my pops here from virginia straight out to
4: la sunny la and um you, you heard what we said in the fatherhood episode he was our excellence realized both for me and be money so um great great role model great guy so i'm just gonna let him introduce himself and hit a couple of the
5: accolades all right hello everyone uh i'm simeon williams um oh, man 60 years old thank god i'm still here trying to stay healthy as possible, still getting on that Peloton, riding hard every day, competing against those 20, 30-year-olds. <laughs> you know? uh, I'm very proud of my sons, uh, Brandon and Julius. You know, uh, when I look at them, uh, all I can say is you know, thank God for blessing me with sons, strong black men. Uh, a little bit about myself. I was born in Prince George County, Virginia, um, back in 1960, Uh, I've been working since I was a little kid, from mowing lawns, cutting wood, doing anything I could, hustling since age 11. Uh, Went into the Air Force. I served for 30 years in the Air Force, retired as a Chief Master Sergeant. Uh, Now I'm working with a software development uh, company, and I've been just uh, truly blessed uh, over my life. Um, My current marriage, uh, I've been uh, getting ready to celebrate. 14 years. Um, I have seven uh wonderful grandchildren that I'm extremely proud of. So, with that being said, I'm just extremely blessed. And um, I applaud you, young man. I've watched a few of your episodes and I applaud you for being strong black men. And we'll talk a little bit more later. Thank you.
6: All right,
0: appreciate that. Moses, if you don't mute your truck in the background, man, we're gonna have some issues, brother. All we hear is beep, <laughs> beep, beep. And every time you run over hey, something, hey, I'll, right. t- I'll take the
4: blame for that. You know, I'm outside. You know, I'm outside, ship. That's uh, a.
1: <laughs> Forget you, behind you me. assuming and blaming. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Now we're going to move over to my right. Uh, t, you want to introduce Tony?
6: <clears throat> oh, yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, I've just been <clears throat> so blessed uh, to call this guy friend. Uh, to call him brother. I mean, he's just uh an amazing man of God, amazing father. Um I call in my mind, every time I see him, I call him Mr. 06, you know, because he's doing the thing, you know, um definitely a good guy. Uh so I'll just let him really expound on his accolades and things of that nature. Um,
7: hey everybody, uh, my name is uh, Antonio Hi, Tony, uh for short. Uh Before I uh, do a little bio, I just really appreciate y'all. I'm going to talk a little bit more a little bit later, but uh, you guys have definitely been an inspiration to me and putting thoughts in my head. you you challenging me to think about what excellence looks like. And so I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I I really appreciate Tori for for asking me to be a part of this. Uh, I really feel honored and blessed. And uh, just watching him uh, grow as a a man, as a husband, as a father, you know, from from our our sessions at two o'clock in the morning at at his house uh, till now, it's just, it's been really, it's it's really uh, been a blessing seeing you grow. And so, uh, so I I appreciate you. So uh, a little bit about me. Um, I'm a native of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I joined the Navy in uh, 1993 uh, and quickly after that got commissioned. Uh, And so I've been, uh, I got commissioned in 99 as a as a surface warfare officer, and uh, I've been, you know, deployed on six ships uh, over 10 years at sea, you know, shore duties and all of that stuff. And uh, uh, most recently, I had command of uh, the USS Fort Worth uh, as the commanding officer. Uh, and then I just put on 06 uh, last year. So, Colonel for you guys, Captain from, for, for me. Uh, and I'm currently stationed here at the Pentagon. I've been married to my beautiful wife, Linda, for two. 26 years and we got five kids and i got two twin boys and it's just a new level of life with these grandkids i'm i'm loving it so i'm looking forward to the conversation and uh and and thank you very much for letting me participate all
0: right let me give it a
7: round of
4: applause Get your applause. Right. Hey, I, I want to say one thing to all the folks out there. When I pinned on Captain um, back when I was in Omaha, Brother Tony actually did my oath of office. So, nice. you know, we have some 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 deep ties there. So it's, it's good to have all y'all on.
0: Most definitely. And and so just to give y'all some background about what we were trying to accomplish with this episode, y'all hear from the fellas all the time. Um, like I said, we are younger fellas and, and these are the older fellas. Uh, are the young fellas and what we want to do is bring some wisdom into to the conversation you know we've experienced some things growing up as black men in America uh, and we we wanted to get the perspective of some of some of our our older gentlemen that have been you know witnessing this thing since the beginning you know we've witnessed a lot since the beginning of this pandemic from George Floyd um, him getting murdered we call it what it is him getting murdered um, we've seen some other things of racism, the black lives matter movement. We've seen some, some things happening, you know, within the the office and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we just wanted to get some wisdom on, on, on this podcast on this particular episode and, and allow them to expound on some of the things that we may have already talked on, um, off air on air. Uh, we got some questions and, and when we're going to shoot from the hip from there, y'all, y'all got anything y'all want to add to that? Moses, you got anything, brother?
1: Uh, Yo, uh, I do. So first of all, everybody who's on the show, once again, uh like everybody else said, I wanna thank y'all. Um everybody, uh the fathers that's up here, I wanna thank y'all for help raising these young men to be who they are, to become my friends. Uh just wanna say y'all did a great job um and raising those guys and, and and having them reflect what y'all taught them. Um, uh, because I wouldn't uh I wouldn't associate associated myself with them if if they didn't have common sense. So I definitely want to thank Mr. Barnes and Mr. Williams and Mr. Tony. Uh, even though I don't know you, Mr. Tony, and I know, you know, you're not Torian's father, but obviously he learned something from you. So I just want to thank all three of y'all for uh, stepping up here on the show today, most definitely.
6: Definitely.
0: And I just want to say thank y'all for, for jumping on as well. I know, I know T's at a track meet for his son. Uh, watching his son run 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 the one hundred, he got the two hundred coming up. He just made the one hundred meter dash finals. Got Moses down there working. So definitely, we we appreciate y'all for for jumping on. So without further ado, let's just, let's just get right into it. This one actually came from Brother T. um How does being black change how you view success? And how did you stay consistent and overcome the stereotypes? T, you want to expound on 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 where that question came from?
6: I just felt like everyone's culture, your race, you know, it it really, it kind of dictates how you look at things. Uh, I know I I really, this, this question really came up because I know like Tony is from Chicago and we had those discussions about how rough it was growing up and just being, you know, being black and being a black male, you know, and All of them have so much success. I mean, it's just, we've beat, everyone on this uh, podcast has overwhelmingly beat the statistics. So that was, it just resonated with me to ask them, you know, how did they view success and how did they stay consistent, you know, in their time? Because our time is a lot easier, you know, no matter how you look at it, it's a lot easier because we have more opportunities afforded to us.
7: Who wants to go first? I'll go first since, since Tori talked, right? Um, I've been, look, I've been thinking about this stuff. Every time I listen to y'all podcast, I spend a bunch of time thinking about it on the way to work, talking to folks, talking to Tori, just You know, like I said, you guys have been really challenging me to think about what it looks like. And so for me, um, I think that you guys hit some of it on the head when you started talking about how you how you how you describe excellence. You know, it's not just black excellence, it's excellence. And so we really have to be careful to make sure that the standard is the standard. And, you know, because we put a label on it, it doesn't diminish what it is. And so I really appreciate you guys defining what what excellence is. Uh, You know, growing up, uh, coming up when I was a young man, my success was me focused. It was about what I needed to do. I mean, it was always you know, I was always thinking about what I wanted to provide, but it was really about what I wanted to do. But as I get older and I look at it, my success is not about me at all. It's about the legacy that I leave. It's about the the, the, the trees that's going to grow from the seeds that I plant that I'll never get to see. And so now that I, now I take a look at it and, and success for me is, is making sure that my grandson's ceiling, I mean, my grandson's floor is my ceiling that he's not starting on the, on the, on the, the ladder rungs that I, you know, he's starting where I left off at. They started where I left off at. And so what does that legacy looks like? Look like, how am I creating, you know, a culture of excellence in my family and among my friends and at my, at, at my workplace so that, uh so that, that that culture persists and it lasts. And, uh, and 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 my family and the people that I get the chance to inspire and lead, um, that they know what right looks like. And And it's not only that they, they don't even have to think about doing it. It's just that's what's ingrained in them because they strive to be excellence because that's that's, that's what I, I, I hope to inspire them to do. And so so now, for me, excellence is all about legacy. It's not about me at all. And so the things that I the things that I, I strive to do, it's about, it's about who I who who I can get the opportunity to love uh, and who I can get the opportunity to, to, to give to with regards to success. And then um, as I progress, you know, just kind of looking back at, at my life, um, the things that allow me to stay consistent uh, and, and overcome stereotypes, really I tried to boil it down to three things. And it was, it's passion. So, you know, whatever I'm doing, uh, even if it's the mo- most mundane task. I want to do it. I want to I want to do it. um, I want to have passion. I want to have passion uh, for that thing. So I want to have passion in everything I do. Uh, Positivity is the next thing. And so regardless of how things look, what I I realize is regardless of my circumstances, positivity is a choice. And so I want to be passionate about what I do. And I want to always be positive about uh, about the circumstances that I'm in, because I get to choose that. And then the last thing is persistence. You know, that grind got to be right. I just read it today. Thomas Edison said, you know, genius is 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. And so uh, consistently working as hard as I can. I'm not always the most talented dude there, the smartest dude there, but I'm always the most hardest working dude there. I'm the first one there. I'm the last one to leave, and I'm going to always put the work in. So, you know, so what success looks like to me and the teams that I create, you know, I want folks who are hardworking and persistent. I want them to be positive and I want them to be passionate. And that team is always going to win. And so, so anyway, that's, that's what it looks like to me. Uh, that's, that's what, you know, that's, that's what I think. So that's it.
2: That's excellent. Um, Tony, That that's, that's an excellent answer. I, uh, as I sat here listening to you, it came to my mind as you I talked about the Edison quote, a quote hit my mind, uh, William Blake. Uh, He's a poet from the 18th century. He said execution is the chariot of genius. And so uh, what that means to me is excellence is is about uh, backing up what you say, being about your word and talk is cheap. My father, uh, bless his heart, Bishop Alvis Bond up in Muncie, Indiana. He always said this talk is cheap, but it takes money to buy land. And so excellence to me is about being about your business, persistence, working hard. And being able to back up what you say with what you do, because we have enough talking going on in this world. Well, what are you going to do? And to me, as black men, execution is what we do. Now, that is to say, we all have a genesis or uh, Brandon, you know what I'm saying? We all have a beginning, right? Be money. You know what I'm saying? The book of Genesis is about the beginning. And so we all have a, a beginning. And that beginning for me starts with people who believed in me. So excellence uh, from teachers in elementary school, teachers in middle school, the teachers in high school who told me that I had potential and I believed in that. And so as you walk in that potential, you end up going to college. You end up, you know, executing in your life because of people who set your stage for the beginning. I've got a grandson now, Brandon's son, Brendan. I have a granddaughter Uh, Paxton, who's eight years old. And so I want them to see uh, me as somebody who executes, who had a beginning. I'm constantly in their ear telling them, man, you can do whatever you want. Don't let race be a factor. I've always told my sons, they can deny you because you're black. They can deny you because you're, you don't have the requisite degree. They can deny you because you don't have enough experience. But if, if you put all that behind you and then you get the education, they can't deny you anymore. So anything that they do is illegal. And so uh, the one thing I've learned is to educate yourself, be about your business, uh, execute, and uh, you set yourself apart in excellence by executing. I'm telling you, not enough people execute. Remember that.
6: Most definitely, Mr.
2: Williams. Thank you.
6: Hey, before Mister Williams start, I feel like we need the we need the air horn or something, man. Like we could, <laughs> hey, they
0: dropping nuggets. I'm definitely gonna add the air horn and some and, and some bomb drops in there while, while in in post production. I got your tea.
5: Are you guys ready? Yes, sir. All right, excellence. As the other gentleman said, first of all, I applaud you guys because you made some excellent points. Um, it's not just about black excellence; it's about excellence. Being able to, when you look in the mirror and look at yourself, to be able to say, I'm happy with myself. I'm proud of who I am because I've given 110%. I've given everything that I have. So no matter what have whatever happens, I know that God has blessed me and I've done the best that I can. Now, with that said, I'll give a little bit of a background. Uh, one of the things that pushed me so much in life for success was I'm basically one generation away from sharecroppers. Uh, My father passed in 2008, um, and he was 80 years old. My mom, thank God, she's still with us. Uh, She's 90 years old. We just celebrated her 90th birthday. She was a sharecropper. They came up from North Carolina and grew up in Virginia, and they worked in fields basically just to step away from from almost being slaves because they had to go and work and had to go out and there they didn't get money they had books you know that they just had to work and then they went to the store and they were able to just be able to uh, get whatever they could based on them working. Then my father his father was actually killed because of supposedly being uh, dealing with uh, a white lady. Those type of things. He never had the opportunity to go to school. Uh, He couldn't read nor write. My mom went to the sixth grade. They got married when they were 19 and 16. They had hard times. But the thing that they always taught me was to trust God and live a godly life, work hard. And the thing my father always said, get a good education. Yes, sir. So those are the type of things that drove me with the house that I grew up in was a little four room house, not four bedrooms, but four rooms. You walked into the front room. You had the kitchen, two bedrooms, no running water. So those are things that I was embarrassed of when I was coming up. And I always said, I want to do better. So those are the things that kind of drove me in life. As I progressed, as I said, I started mowing lawns cutting wood when i was 11 years old worked a couple jobs when i was in high school uh went on to college for a couple years and then i joined the air force because i didn't have the money to stay in college one of the big things for me with success is we have a uh, tattoo for me and my son just called the williams dynasty and that drives us because it comes from that's why i gave you all that history earlier about my father and my mother, and the fact they did not get an opportunity to get that education, because I say that every generation is supposed to do better than the next. And I instill that in my sons and in my grandchildren. Whenever I talk to my seven grandchildren right now, and thank God we've been truly blessed to have a nice home, not really have to want for anything. So when they come into my home and they look at it like, wow, I'm like, you know what, this is nothing. Because it's all about, I'm expecting your fathers to do better than me, and I'm expecting you guys to do better than them. So that's a part of that legacy that you just talked about. leaving that legacy to make everyone around us to make them better. So that's what it's all about as far as excellence. It's not just about black excellence, but just excellent and being the best that you can be.
0: Most definitely. I think piggybacking on, on, on what all three gentlemen said, I think that's why us five, you know what I'm saying, have have, have gravitated towards one another. And, and we continue to push one another the way that we do, um, with, with whether it be within our workplace or within our families and, and things of that nature. Working out, Julius and, and Maurice got me back working out. And I never said I was I was done with it. T, I'm trying to tell you, I run track. I was done, you know it was, it was staying. Um, but we continue to push each other. I think that's a part of being excellent too. You know, having a group of people around you that continue to push you to be better and better every day. It's one thing, you know, seeing, seeing my dad do it every day, um, and, and aspiring to be like him and, and maybe one day supersede better. better. Um, and, and not being afraid to say that, you know, I see what my dad has and and I want to do better than that. And that, that bar is high. I know how high that bar is. So keep continuing to push and and move, push the envelope forward. That's that's what it's all about.
4: Hey, shit, before you uh, move on to the next one, I want to foot stomp what you just said, because I know we talked about in the uh, Black Excellence pod is that community. You know, I know one of the questions is breaking a stereotype. So you heard a lot of these gentlemen say that they're trying to push the next generations. And as you hear right now, uh, Tory bringing our brother Tony on saying, hey, this is someone that I was able to get good information from. So it can come from anywhere. So I don't want to say there's no excuse for people out there, but you got to latch on, be humble to whoever it is. Tori, I mean, we've been cool because he's been one of the most humble brothers I know. Hey, he wants the feedback. So, I mean, I challenge everybody out there. And the same thing for me. You can learn from anybody. You can learn from the bum on the street. He has some wisdom that he can impart on you, even if it's only like 5% good. So just continue to break those stereotypes and lash on to the people you can. And the people that have that wisdom to pass on, make sure you continue to pass it on to all people of color, all people, all God's children. It doesn't matter if they're black, white, yellow or brown, but definitely bring up our own community as much as you can.
6: Yeah, yeah that, you know, I'm glad you said that, you know, and the Bible often talks about, you know, iron sharpers, iron um, and so these you know, you, you, brothers have, have definitely sharpened me, you know, Tony has sharpened me, um, not growing, and I was one of those kids that didn't grow up with a, with a father. We have a good relationship, but you never lived with me. So that legacy piece was never instilled in me, but I will say that where I got the legacy piece from was from the Lord. The Lord talks about a good man leaves a heritage to his, his children you know, to his kids' kids. And, you know, if you just look at Father Abraham, if you look at the word of God, it it, it goes down. And those spiritual nuggets, if you apply them to your life, no matter if you have a, a father or not, they can definitely steer you in the right direction because that is the, what we should be living by.
7: Hey, um, I, I also want to kind of piggyback on, on that, too. I mean, we are talking about legacy and I think a lot of times when we think about, you know, making sure that our kids do better than us and all of that stuff. You know, a lot of times you can look at that from a material point of view, but it's things that are way more valuable than that. You know, the, the, the character that you instill in folks, the sense of integrity that they have, the value that they place in people, the love that they show, you know, their their kids and their and their and their wives. Uh, and the significant people in their life, all that stuff is currency. And I think that a lot of times we focus on the material things and those things, um, those things, that material stuff will come if you got all this other stuff right. And so, you know, I, I think that this group has it, but a lot of times people, uh, uh, people focus on what they can put their hands on. And that's not the most important stuff. That's not the most valuable stuff. And so we got to make sure that we highlight those uh, those key characters traits those the, the key things that actually make you know make you a man make you excellent uh because it's not the stuff you pay for so that's that's all i got
0: and i know i see b money over there so uh, his head okay. i see him i, I know I, and we've been brought up the bible two three four five times <laughs> so i know i know he got something
3: hey honestly you know um Everything's been said, to be honest, Uh, and I don't want to say everything, but a lot's been said, you know, um, T reference, iron sharpens irons. That's a model in my uh, in my family. Uh, just one quick thing is we talk once we get off these podcasts and they like said, we're always in constant communication. And one thing that T brought back to the group that he actually said, you know, Brother Tony had brought up was about how are you comparing your excellence? Is your excellence just truly a standard of like what excellent is, or is it just kind of like, if everybody is around you as a an F and you a C, does that really make you excellent? And um, so, you know, Pastor Vine, he I listen to his sermons. Uh, of course, my dad is, my dad is my number one mentor right behind God. Uh, so just even in this short period of time that, you know, I haven't even had the opportunity to meet brother Tony, but I've heard things and as you can see, Honestly, i want those people. Once I get a nugget, I use it. And I think everybody I talk to now I'd be like, well, are you really excellent? Are you just excellent because of who you're around? Um, so like you say, and uh Pastor Bond things he said that has you know got in my life, and again, it's my dad things he said. So I'm I'm stop right there because honestly, I know people are going to hear this, but I'm enjoying the wisdom. And as y'all know, in the previous episodes, I've mentioned the Bible. Now y'all see my foundation and y'all see why I mention it, because it really guides you to not only, you know, push, but stay humble as you're pushing. And as all the success comes, man, it's it's only a blessing from God. So y'all see me nodding my head because long-winded Brandon can't say nothing. It's already been said. It's a blessing. So I'm going to stop right there and
7: Hey, hey, can, I, can can I tell y'all something um, this is uh this is what success looks like for us uh younger folks right you know these these fathers that's here uh, when I, when I hear when I hear Tori or I hear my son talk when I hear these conversations because you know from the father's point of view you're saying all this stuff like you constantly you're a broken record you're giving them these life lessons this that and the other and you don't feel like they're listening but like to hear it internalize and not only to hear it internalize, you guys are you guys internalize it but now you've given it you know you 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 got something in your cup and you point it out on the world that's to me that's success I mean it makes my heart feel good and I know these other these other younger gentlemen that's on here with me um you, you guys you, this is what success looks like to us so thank you very much
0: Moses I, I know I, cu- I I thought you were saying something did I cut you off brother Uh, he might have some internet difficulties because he, he drive. Yes, so we'll move on to the the, the next question here, and I, I believe this one uh, came from Brother Julius here. Uh, what is your message to young men or young black men about where we need to step it up within the community, in contrast to what we are doing, or should we, or what we should continue to do? Jew, you want to expound on 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 that question?
4: Yeah, I will. And um, I, I know mostly most of the brothers here have already hit on it a little bit, but um, a lot of times we'll say what other folks are doing to us that is keeping us down or how America or the man are keeping us down. But it's, it's a lot of things where we need to gut check ourselves in the community, starting with our fam- starting with ourselves, then within our families and then within the community. And then expounded upon that. But um, that's pretty much where I was getting that, you know, with some of the wisdom that these young And I can pass down to the next generations and likewise generations. It doesn't matter how old you are. This is all fruits (laughs) that's getting passed. So uh, that's pretty much where I was going with that one.
5: Okay. I would um, just like to say we just have to lead again. It starts with the education uh, piece of it. Uh, As Tony said, show love for people have compassion for people just be a good person uh when i i look at people who make a big difference uh in the world again it's not about finances but what can you give to just show love uh to to others that that's a, a big thing um with us as black men we have to make sure that when we go out that we set examples for people where we're not just um, that stereotype for the young men, not walking around with your pants sagging, those type of things like that. As soon as they see that young black man that comes around with his pants sagging, that's something that's going to turn people off right away and see That's just an, another, whatever word they want to use. So I say, we really have to make sure that we start with that part. Then as we go through life and we get into. Uh, positions of authority, we have to make sure that we're actually helping bring others up. I've um, been in the military and being a chief master sergeant, I was blessed to be able to help a lot of people. I've been retired now for 10 years and I still have a lot of people who contact me, whether it's on Facebook or LinkedIn, just to keep in touch. Uh, one of my young men, and hopefully he'll see this, uh, Dion Taylor. I met him years ago back at Scott Air Force Base. He's doing great in the Air Force right now. And it's like he contacts me and he says, uh, hey, chief, I just want to share this, my success with you. Because because of you, this is where I am today. So it just comes down to just setting a good example and being a leader. And I may say some other things later on, but I'll let someone else speak for right now.
0: Uh, It's funny that you mentioned Dion, you know, we, me, Julius B money. um, We all were at McKendree and we met Dion. How how long ago was that?
4: 2006. Yeah. When we were were online. Yeah. (laughs) We met that good brother. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and so we, world. <laughs> we we've been able to keep in touch with him since since for forever, you know. And I know um, he's been out in Hawaii and, and Korea for a little bit. And it's good to hear that he's doing great things. So that's awesome. Anybody else want to expound on that that question?
2: I'll jump in here and just say, from my perspective of, um, uh, and I hate to go back. Sorry to go back to the Bible, but that's, that's my life. And so um, I, I hear two scriptures that come to mind. Uh, one says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. And so what that means to me is that we're right and we're going to be afflicted. But we have to understand that we can come out of any situation because Romans 8, 28 says that, that it all works together for our good. And so there's a motion in, in what it is that we're going through, what it is we're doing. And, and what that tells me is that it's not always going to be good motion. It's not always going to be good things that happen, but it's all working. You know, it's the pot, the stirring pot. And so what I would pass on to the next generation is don't get so caught up in the failure, you know, to my sons, to, to you all. Failure is going to happen. Failure. When I look at uh, Chief Williams, I know that less than 3% of enlisted become chief master sergeants in the Air Force. And I know even less than that are black chief master sergeants in the Air Force. I look at uh, Tony up here, 06 in the Navy. Less, I know, without knowing the numbers, less than 3% uh, become 06, less than that black men that become O sixes or get earned the rank of 06. So that being said, that didn't stop these brothers. It didn't stop them. The failures, the negative comments that they've heard over the years. You just got to keep pushing through it because many are the afflictions of right. And But it all is working together for our good. And so when you get the chief master sergeant, when you get to colonel in the Navy equivalent, then you can reach back and help somebody else and say, this is what happened to me. And that's what community is all about. That's what community is. You five, y'all linking up uh, friends. That's what community is. You're establishing your own community. I've heard about you buying the tickets and trying to create wealth. That's what community is. That's what you pass on to the next generation for your children, for Brendan, and for all of y'all's children. Community is about understanding that it's all about the negative. It's all about the positive and how it all balances out and we can still make it. So that's my encouragement uh, to the next generation. To me, to me too. I say it every day. You can still make it. I still have challenges, but we can overcome them. Period. Hard stop.
6: You know, um, you all mentioned like the impact. Uh, maybe a few minutes before we got on the pod, I-, I received a text message from a lady, and she was like, "Hey, you know, I just want to know, can I have uh, your permission to use your picture and?" Uh, and some other stuff, I want to put you on my website because I inspired her and and she's a a white lady. You know, we're just real nice. You know, we try not to see color, you know. Uh, I inspired her to start a business because she wanted to provide, wanted to work for my company. I said, no, hey, look, you start, I'll help you, I'll teach you how to start your own business. And then you provide the service for my business. And I just, I say that to say, that the impact we 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 think about legacy long term, but we also have to think about present. Every time you encounter someone, you have to be intentional about your impact. You have to be intentional about how they see you. How, um, you know, not to say to care about how how people look at you, but to a certain point, you have to. You what what image am I am I portraying? How am I impacting this person's life? So just that simple impact will impact her family, her kids, their kids. I mean, she she has a husband. He he flies helicopters and everything. But this right here, that one thing, her starting a company that helps other companies is is tremendous. And it's all from one person making an impact.
4: Hey, T, it wasn't your screensaver with the Calvin Klein's on, right? And your shirt off on the beach. It wasn't that one, right?
7: (laughs) No, 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 not, not, not that one.
4: All right, just making sure, bro. <laughs> hey, um, for,
7: uh, for me, uh, I you know, I just I've, I've been thinking about this question for a long time. This is a this is a um, just like all these questions, this is an outstanding question, and so, um, so what I, I want to preface what I'm gonna say with this is this is not uh stuff that you got to fix, this is stuff we got to fix. Any challenges that you guys have, um, those are. Some of that is our fault because. Because because we we are the example that, that you guys follow. Right. And so it's stuff that we also have to fix. OK, so um, so this is what I came up with. Uh, so. Uh, the degree uh, that you let your struggle to find your blackness is the level at which your blackness will be limited. Right. And So what I mean by that is a lot of times, you know, I'm from the hood in Chicago. And so, a lot of times, if I don't, if if I don't, or somebody doesn't identify with the struggle of what it is to be black, then somehow they less black than me. And so, but but then, but then that limits our blackness. So that means that in order to be black, I gotta talk a certain way, I gotta wear certain things, I gotta listen to certain things. I can't be, uh, I can't be who I am. But what I, but but what the real matter is, regardless of what I do as a black man, that's the that's defining the what blackness is. And so, I think not only you guys, but me, this is something that we need to work on. We need to make sure that, uh, that we got to acknowledge the struggle. We got to acknowledge where we came from because it's what sh- it's what shapes us, but it's more to the story, right? And we got to make sure that we are allowing all of that stuff to uh, define it. I was trying to articulate it to my wife. And the best example I could give was like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Will was the black dude. Carlton if you, the way they played him on the show, he wasn't, but he was. Carlton, when he got pulled over by the cops, he had the same issues as well, mm-hmm. right? But, and, and that's, and like, to me, that was, that's a clear example. Both of those were Black men. They just came from different circumstances, and their level of struggle was different, but they both still Black. And so we got to make sure that we, uh, we don't allow our struggle to limit our Blackness, because as a Black man, I should be able to listen to country music. I should be able to... I, I, I can be articulate without without sounding saying some somebody saying I'm talking like I'm white. Um, I, you know, I, it's it's I'm, a, I'm you know, excellence is excellence. And so anyway, I want us to work on that as black men trying to be excellent, you know, removing those limitations that are associated with the struggle of blackness. OK, so that's that's what I think we need to fix. What I think we what I think you guys are doing right. Is is this right here. You're creating opportunities. You're creating forums to discuss this stuff. Like, you know, just like Tori said, I didn't have a blueprint, right? I didn't have a dad around to show me. I knew what not to do, but I didn't know what to do. So when I started having kids, I was terrified because I didn't I didn't want to get this thing wrong. It's too much riding on it, but I didn't know. And so things like this, these the conversations that you guys are having are creating a blueprint for folks like me who didn't who don't have that. So they can look at you and they can say, okay, now I know what right looks like. Man, these men are telling me what excellence is because I mean you guys know it, having dads, you know, um uh you know, I, I grew up with my mom and she couldn't tell, you know, um, a woman can't tell a boy how to be a man. Only a man can do that. And so when you don't have that, you gravitate to the wrong things. You won't you, it's it's a risk that you won't gravitate to excellence. And so um, So continue to have these things and defining what excellence looks like, and giving people access to excellence. So when they see a major in the Air Force, when they see business owners, when they see you know you you black men from all these different walks of life coming together and agreeing on what excellence looks like, you need to keep doing that. So anyway, that's my that's my uh, comment.
2: Can I tag into that, Brandon? You, you just uh, reminded me of something. I was in Atlanta. Uh, over a couple of weekends ago, maybe last weekend. And we were all sitting around just chatting, uh, some of my uh, relatives, friends, and we were chatting. Uh, and one of the one of the guys uh, was in the Air Force previously, and he was talking about his struggle in the Air Force and how his struggle was related to his blackness. And, and so I jumped in and I said, I never really had that issue. We're gonna probably talk about that, but I never really had that issue. Um, and so he retorted back, he says, yeah, but you're not threatening. You don't have that look. And so I said, you just met me. How do you know who I am? And so we oftentimes will put each other in a bucket and we don't know anything about one another. So I would pass on just to say, be careful because when you stereotype, we do it to each other. And then we wonder why uh, there's so much struggle uh, among us as black men, because we look at each other and say, oh, but you you wouldn't have any problems because you you have that look. You know, what is that supposed to mean? And that's what I asked him. I said, well, what, what does that mean? We just met. Can you expound on that? And he started stuttering. And so just just be careful with those, those kinds of blanket statements, because he knew nothing about me. I knew nothing about him. We were just talking. And so as we say those things, as you said, Tony, it, it limits, it sets limitations, and we don't want to set limitations on who we are.
3: Sorry, can can I say something real quick? So, um, again, even piggybacking on that, uh, I've always grown up, and my dad, he pushes us. He says, you know, if there's anything, he's like, now I'll get better at it. Um, And I've heard that for majority of my life. They say, oh, you know, you talk white. And I said, what's white mean? What what does that mean? I talk white. There's like, you talk proper. And I was just like, what? There's like, you talk like English. And I'll be like, I'd be thinking in my head, I'd be like, wait, you know, I grew up in America. My first language and only language that I really know is English. So why when I speak it that way, I do not get more by sounding ignorant. And uh, I wanna quote this because I first heard it on Coach Carter, um, but it was one that I looked at it. It's uh, Our Deepest Fear by Marianne Williamson. It says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frighten us. We ask ourselves, who am I? I uh, I, to be brilliant, gorgeous, talent, fabulous. And it's more I would, you know, challenge everybody to go and read the rest of the poem. But at the end, it says, um, and as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we liberate from our own fear, our presence, automatically liberates others. Mm -hmm. To say that is as black men, I think there's a thing that we know we are great. We've always been challenged to be great. Whenever we do things, it's always shown to be greatness. The hard part about it is, and I know my dad and my brother can't test, all the men on this um, call can't test this, is that when you're great, sometimes you want to turn it off just to get a break, Mm -hmm. but there's no time to turn it off. There's times I lay down in my bed and I want to go to sleep because I haven't had any rest. And my son comes in and he says, daddy, and he's he's happy. And, and at that moment, I want to tell him just go away. But I know at that point in time, I have an opportunity to instill something in him to establish time to let him know, hey, daddy's here. I love you. What is it that you want to do? Excellent. And I get up and inside of me, I'm frustrated because I'm tired. But at the end of the day, when I see my son walk off or I see him come back and do something or when he's in front of people and he shows that thing that I did at that time. That's that's why I see that. Like I get that excitement and that energy to keep pushing. We are at times as black men afraid to be great because we don't feel like we'll be able to turn it off. But it might not be meant for you to turn it off. And I say it like this is that. Of course, I know we reference. I'm glad you know I'm not the only man just referencing the Bible now. You know, on the, on the podcast, I'm, I'm uh, glad I got some other brothers on here. Um, But with that being said, is Jesus shed, showed his light all the time? He didn't have an opportunity to uh, shed out, and the light that I like to let shine through me is the light of God, the light of Christ. So, with that being said, you might not have that. You probably won't get the opportunity. But if we as a community, we as black men, all are showing this positive light, liberating each other to keep showing these type of lights that we all can move forward. It gives other black men an opportunity to take a break and to keep fighting, keep moving. And that's the part that I you know, want for everybody just be like, don't be afraid of that light. Let it show because it's when everybody is showing it. Then we're the whole body, you know, as Christ is the, uh, as, you know, guys in Christ is the head, we are the whole body. And it's so much easier when your whole body is moving And, you know, you can't be doing bench press with one, which is just your right arm. You need that left arm too. And if both are active, you know, going active at it, then it's just more powerful. And that's what we need.
0: Just to piggyback off what you said, B, um, I think that not necessarily turning it off, but other people are threatened by other people's greatness. Whereas I, I see the money or Julius or T or Moses, if he hops back on doing great things, that pushes me to, to also want to do great. I'm not threatened by their greatness. There, there's a a such thing, you know, um, my dad says it and then I'm sure it's a Navy high tide raises all ships. Mm -hmm. So having a group of friends or having a group of people around you that are constantly pushing and doing better and better and better, if that doesn't make you want to be, be, you shouldn't feel threatened by that. That should make you want to be better. And and I'm going I'm to leave it at that. I got to let Moses back in. Hold on one second. Y'all can go ahead.
5: I was just going to say, I was just going to say, for you guys, uh, part of the question was, what can you do to continue the excellence? Uh, it's already been said, but I just want to Uh, reemphasize it just continue these forums and taking it even higher you're starting right now but who knows where you may take this to this could be a nationally syndicated uh show one day who knows you know one thing i really want to push because i know you guys have a following and people are listening this you guys i know you're not out there hating on other brothers and those type of things but one thing i want anybody else who's listening to this is to push that we have to support each other no matter what. When I walk past people, and I speak to anybody, whether it's black, white, or whomever it is, but when I walk past a brother and they have the nerve to look at me and look at me up and down like they don't want to speak, those type of things, that bothers me. Mm-hmm. That talk We talk about systemic racism, but basically if we don't learn to support ourselves and love our brothers, How can we expect anyone else to love us and and respect us? So what I would just say, just keep pushing uh, for us to just love each other and stop all the killing. That's one of the biggest things right now. Each time that there is some killings or something going on, the first thing we're talking about is racism. But we're doing so much of it to ourselves. So let's just learn to love each other and support each other.
6: Right, sir. You know, uh, I I posted something that says um, "Black lives don't matter until Black lives matter to Black people," and I got a lot of pushback. But the thing is, is you know, everybody else can't be the the problem. Everybody else can't be the issue. You know, we have to. It starts from within, and then you look at everything else. Uh, So uh, you know, I, I, I honestly, I agree. And just Mm -hmm. to to say what uh, to. Speak to what B Money and um, B Bomb were saying. The reason we work together is because we want each other. Great is because we want each other to be successful. You know, it's not about my success. It's not all about me. It's not all about um, just what I have going on. It's like how can I help my brother be better? You know, uh, Julius, man, that that dude is a financial Nazi. He, he stays on me about you know, the, 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 the peanuts, the, the, stuff that really matter. You know, we, we always look at the, the little stuff, uh, and say, oh, that doesn't matter, you know, but he will cut a penny in half if he could, you know, but it makes sense, you know, and, and it works. And that's where the wealth and the legacy piece comes in is when you, uh, hold each other accountable and you look at the small things because the small things turn into big things.
3: Oh, Real quick, I just wanted to all say this. And also, yeah, continue to help each other as we do some of these things. Uh, Right now, I'm wearing one of the guys I go to the gym. His name is G at Colonial Heights, you know, uh, Virginia Gym. And this is his business, um, Africa Fit. And one of the things that, like, I bought a couple, you know, sweatshirts from him. He's like, oh, you know, I'll give you a discount. I was like, if I was to go anywhere else, I wouldn't expect a discount. And it wasn't like major discount. but I'm like, no, I'm pay full price because we're trying to support, you know, as everybody just kind of quickly echoed is that sometimes we want discounts from some of our people that we wouldn't expect. If we walked into the Gucci's and these other stores, you're not looking for the discount. You just more so like, oh, I got this on. So why can't we be excited to support you know, like our brothers and you know other businesses out here and black-owned businesses that are
1: doing things, right? Hey, I just want to say something quick. For my internet go well, out. I didn't catch everything, but I heard uh, Mr. Williams when he was talking about like the you know walking past a black brother and you know we don't speak and we don't show the love. And I really think a big part of that, especially coming from uh, a less fortunate um, background, I think it's the mental health. Um, and if we don't, if we don't purposely watch how we inject stuff into our mind, we will be subjected to the negative content, no connotations, and. We'll be subjected to seeing our own kind and think it's a competition instead of it's my brother and let me, let me, let me help my brother, let me pick up my brother, or you know, let me do something for them. And I, I think it's it's because of that. I, I think and I think also in our community, I think we we and I, I'm not maybe not speaking for everybody, but it's kind of looked on in a bad way, especially if you come from a single bad, you know, a single uh, upbringing. is like, oh, looking at a counselor, telling them your family thoughts, you know, because like how I was raised, you know, what happens in your family stays in your family. So if you put your family stuff out there, then that could be an issue. If Like, if you just don't talk to the pastor, then okay, that's it. Let God handle it. But we have to really watch how how we train our mind. Uh, And it took a lot for me to just train my mind different into thinking outside of the box. Like Tony was saying, it's like you know you go into a place and because that person talked this way, it's like oh you know you're less black. And I used to be one of those people because I will come from the hood. And I'm thinking yo, you know I'm talking with slang, you know cursing and all of this, talking with my hands, just being theatrical. And that's not it. And I've just learned now, like. You know, and y'all, and I, I mean, my brothers, they know me, I'm a theatrical person, but at the same time, I'm educated too. I'm a businessman too, and I'm a chameleon. So I know how to switch it up, but a lot of people in our community, they don't. And because of that, I think that's also in addition to help perpetuate that cycle of why we lose as a culture and not showing the true excellence. And, um, and y'all right, man. Um, and there was something that y'all was saying, like, y'all guys who were born in the 60s and the 70s, y'all was born with a different grit. Tony, you said something earlier. You was like, uh, you know, what drove you when you was younger was uh, succeeding. It wasn't about the fine things. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about, oh, let me get this. It wasn't about, uh, oh, I, I got I to gotta do this to have other people look at me. It was about you know you had purpose you won't go with a purpose and you know we that's something that we all should be doing is waking up and thinking hey i need to have a purpose I need, to I need to be consistent and i need to show dedication i need to show hard work in order to get to where you want and once you get to where you want you realize like for me i would just think it's money 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 but it's not about money no more it's just about how we say excellence and making sure that our brothers are coming up in the same way that i'm coming up like financially and you can't bring everybody up but the people who really want it and who really got that passion who really got that eye for it you know they the ones you that you grab hold to because everybody's not going to value what your brain, so that's all I got to say for my energy.
0: Appreciate that, brother. Appreciate it. And and one thing you did say, you can't you can't bring everybody with you. Sometimes it's okay to know when you got to cut somebody off and let and let them kind of figure it out, you know, um, for for themselves. So uh, pushing, I'm 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 gonna skip this next the the next little nugget that we had in here, and I want to go straight into the military talk because we've already kind of crossed that bridge um, into it. And so we have some 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 elder statesmen that were in the military, as you can see, um, and racism within the military. So B-Money, you want to take it over from here?
3: Most of, uh, you know, I appreciate it. So I know everybody has different experiences. Um, so my recent experience, I recently separated from the Air Force here was about uh, almost a year ago now, since then, uh, truly been blessed. But in that time, uh, came in, of course, as you know, he's here, my dad, he's chief, my brother's a major great mentors to me uh, when I came in and kind of laid the path of letting me know, hey, hit this, do this, be mindful of that. So God bless me um, to be able to come in. And just go on, the, uh, as they call it, the fast burner, str- fast burner track. Um, so came right in, undergrad. As soon as I got out, his senior airman below the zone was getting awards, and all those different things. There was something that just happened, you know, a turn of events in my squadron. And for me personally, as we always talk about excellence, my thing is just go in and do your job. So you know, I went in and did my job, but. Um, because I was selling over others, and another incident that happened where I had uh watermelon and grape soda placed on my desk. And there were some things that I didn't try to blow everything up. I just wanted everybody to know my squadron wasn't okay. Uh, my commander turned and it just went down a path that was for like a year and a half that was probably honestly, the worst year and a half of my life. Uh, and if it wasn't for, uh, people who put their arms around me and, uh, times I felt like I really wanted to give up. And, you know, I had my pops stand in my corner, um, just fighting for me until, uh, God said it was time for me to get out the military. Um, but I I experienced that in the military and was rough because at that point in time, you know, we talk about war. I and mean, that's really what you do when you in the job. Everything you do is to defend our country. And in defending our country, you think the man next to you is regardless of race, where everybody say, I don't see color. That's the one place that you will really think you don't see color because it's more so just about life and surviving. But um uh, I went through that and I experienced that and uh just being in the military was different for me. So I say all that, my dad, I'll let him speak on some things. I'm pretty sure um, there'll be other, you know, experiences and not always, you know, negative, you know, might be, I think there'll be both sides because I've experienced both sides with, um, you know, my white counterparts and leadership who was very supportive. Uh, So it's not just about race, but having to go through that situation and being where I was at, feeling less than a man at times, um, that was hard for me. And uh, I will say, as we speak on this excellence and, you know, growing the uh, perseverance and the tools and the resiliency of tools that was um, instilled in me is what helped me get through that. So um, it's different. I say um, that's just kind of my my experience and stuff like that but how I overcame it like i said was because i had as uh my dad would say you know had angels you know in my corner who was surrounding me that i didn't even know uh to help me get through that type of stuff but um i mean going from there i'll just say this part then i'll turn it over to the uh younger gentlemen to you know maybe get their experience and maybe what they have on it uh i will just say if you are in the military Um, One thing that I was, I know everybody's not, you know, um, going to have that opportunity to make it out on the other side the way that, you know, God bless me. I had a lieutenant who uh, she's actually Nikki uh, Robertson. She actually, you know, stepped in on my behalf to, you know, making it publicized and actually putting it on, you know, uh, social media, YouTube about the things that my commander did to her as, you know, a black and Hispanic woman you know a lieutenant in the air force and she went through a lot uh for me personally also i made the decision to get out on the day that uh right around the time that george floyd got killed and uh was murdered and on top of that there was an article that came out about the statistics of how black uh people's punishment was greater than their counterparts and just like I say, God aligned it. That's who I give all credit to. But the people that he used um, watching, like, say, my dad, him being the black chief, and he, like, say, he's been out for a while, but he reached back and he still made some good uh, connections. That's why we talk about community. So the community that he had built. They all, you know, they call people and there was things that I didn't even know. Like I said, I was going to work every day struggling. But at the end of the day, there was things that was going on behind the scenes. that I didn't know that when I got out of it, I was just like, thank God for community and uh, stuff like that. So um, but in that time, I would just encourage if you're in the military, you may be experiencing some things. Uh, make sure you connect with as many different people as you are. Get involved, uh, as we talked already about not being uh Oh, well, you know, they ain't trying to do this for the black people man. get involved in those different organizations. I work with a lot of different organizations that also helped me. So many people was able to come out and speak on my behalf, which would allow me to get out the military without it being a dishonorable discharge or anything. allowing me to put on my strike, which my commander was trying to hold from me, even though I made staff without even needing the extra points that I got. So, um i'm gonna stop right there um i thank you b for allowing me to uh you know share that unfortunate experience but also just to say that uh the tools to get past it is make sure you are networking and knowing who you know those people who's truly in your corner as my dad spoke about earlier deontay uh Taylor, he i reached out to him and god knows the blessing that he was to me so again i'll stop right there and let the other um uh,
4: be. Yeah, before before you say anything, before anybody really go on, um, we kind of touched on a little bit. I know Mr. Bond said execute. So you executing helped you to get to the point where you are right now. And God, you know, giving all glory to God for you to be able to overcome your circumstances. But also uh, Moses mentioned the, the mental health piece. So being able to get on a forum like this and speak to where, you know, a couple of hundred people or more are going to see this and talk about your struggles and what you dealt with, how you overcome. That's something that's important in our community, as Moses hit on as well, um, to get out there and for people to continue when you hear someone giving out a rally cry to wrap your arms around them and do what you can to help them get past that that moment.
3: I'm sorry. And I do. I do want to say is I did one thing that I will say. And the reason I said the black excellence and I said it at the end of uh, our fatherhood with my dad, uh, man, um, there was times that it was 12 o'clock in the morning. And he at that time, I was central standard time and he was eastern standard time. So my 12 was his one and things I had to write because I was getting paperwork for no reason. And my dad was up. We're going to fight this. And he wasn't just telling me and there was things he would tell me, he'd be like, hey, Brandon, you got to get better at writing. Um, you got to write this a little bit better. But it wasn't that he was just telling me that he was actually proofreading it and getting on the phone with me. one, one, two o'clock in the morning, and just like, hey, I'm going to be there right there with you, son. And it's not just about telling black people or telling your brother that like, hey, man, well, you just got to do better. Are you failing. But it's about getting in that fight with him. And like I say, that's why I look up to him. I say he's my number one mentor because every single thing I've done in my life, military, outside of military, he, he going to hold me accountable. As uh, T said earlier, that's why he says. Our model iron sharpens iron. But on top of that, he's also going to be like, cause I'm going to be in the fight with you as well as I know I can probably, you know, speak to him. We've had a uh, limited interaction, but I can probably already tell just from T speaking on to brother Tony. And I know, um Pastor Bond. Pastor Bond, I, I went out there to celebrate my brother V uh 30 birthday. Pastor Bond was ready to put me up there to preach. And I was just like, oh, man, you know, so it's like it's not just about like just telling me, but it's like, hey, I'm going to give you this opportunity. I'm going to give you this platform. And I'm like, no, nah, nah, man, Pastor Bond, you know, but uh, that that opportunity that these men have, have given us opportunities to even try to go to be great, to own our uh, the craft that God and the light that God has put in us. So I'll stop there. I'm sorry, because I I get happy and start testifying and hear even more. <laughs>
1: oh so you know, I just want to say re- I just want to say real quick man you know mr Williams and Mr Barnes. you know what I'm saying it's it's you fathers out there that I look up to that I didn't have nobody to look up to um that that inspires me to continue to want to be a great father that inspires me to continue want to keep pouring nothing but great blessings into my children to whereas when my children get old, like as the Bible said, you teach a child, they won't depart from the ways. I don't know where in the Bible it say that. But obviously, y'all have done it and look what it what it brought y'all children to come out to be. And I I mean, I mean, man, I'm almost emotional over here in this semi because it's y'all testimonies that just it gives guys like me hope that I can still be a great father. You know what I mean? Whether I have that role model or not. But because I got my brothers. And y'all are their dads, I get, I get to hear y'all conversations and and, and see how y'all continue to, to pour into y'all children. Even as we're grown, like B-Money just said, he continued to call his dad 12, 1 o'clock in the morning as if he was a child because he knew his dad was going to have his back. And it's that kind of energy and it's that kind of love, man. I mean, like for me, it touches me. On so many levels, man. That I like. All I can do is just say thank y'all, man. Because y'all, do, you you never know who's listening and who's learning from just your testimony. Because that's what this is, man. Uh, I just I appreciate y'all, man, for real. So with that, hey be-
5: Mo, go ahead, Mr. Williams. Hey Mo, just stay strong, bro. I would just say, just stay strong. Hey, I applaud you You out there working hard and I can just hear the emotion in your voice. So just continue doing what you're doing. And you are a great father and you're establishing that legacy and your children are going to be great. So i leave it at that. Keep doing a great job.
0: So so with that being said, uh, sure. looking at the, the story that B-Money had to go through within the, the military, what would what would some advice be from from you all? Um e- Not even just in the military, e- experiencing racism and things of that nature on the workplace. How how would how do you how do you make it through? Because you
7: experienced it. Can, can I can I can I can uh, I comment on that one? Hey, first uh, uh Brandon, because I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I qualify to call you B Money yet, because. You know, I remember in the podcast, if, if uh, I don't hey, know you, you like you, that.
3: We all in it. I'm be all, right, all right.
7: I can call you money. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. <laughs> so uh, I really appreciate you sharing that story. And um, one of the things that's important is a lot of times when you're going through that stuff, you feel like you're the only person that's going through it. But I got stories like that too, where you look up and you work working, you feel like you're working twice as hard just to be average. Right. And uh, and I, I feel like that's not only our story, that's the story of, of uh, any black man in the military that's trying to be excellent. I, I guarantee that, you know, uh, that Julius probably has the same story. Your dad probably has the same story. Anybody, any black man that's in the military that's trying to excel. And so, you know, for me, I want to, I want to kind of share a story and then I want to give you uh, my thoughts uh, on, on how, you know, some, 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 uh some, some tips. And so, uh, you know, at my in my first command, I was working hard to get qualified. Um, but uh the, the 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 CO that I had, he just I don't know, I mean, I don't I don't think he was just a very good man. He he wasn't very good at his job, having now done his job. And uh, and so, you know, it was things that I was getting asked on qualification boards and things like that when I would go and talk to my white counterpart about, hey, what was the answer to? You know, this, the, you know, the, you know, the, the, characteristics of this missile path and all of this stuff, they were like, well, Hey, why, why is he asking you that? That's not what he should be asking. Well, that's what he asked me, you know? And so it got so bad. I know, I don't know what it is in the air force, but we have the command, uh, managed equal opportunity program, the SEMIO program in the Navy. And when the leader of that program came to me and said, Hey, you know, when are you going to put your grievance in on the captain? And so, I mean, so it was, it was that, you know? Um, and so, uh, I, not only have I experienced what you experienced, but um, uh, but like I said, it, I think it's common. So here's what I would like to offer to you and to anybody who's going through this in the military or out of the military. It's two ways you could look at it. One of the ways you could look at it is like, why is this happening to me? Right. That's one way. But the other way you could look at it. And the way that I would challenge us all to look at it when you get in situations like this is why not me? Right. Why shouldn't this? I'm I'm uniquely positioned to for this to happen to me. Right. And so that's the way I want you to look at it. So, you know, look at it from the point of view of um, the reason why I'm in this situation. Is this uh, the, the fact that I'm in this situation is not a surprise to God. It might be a surprise to me. But it's not a surprise to God. So if it's not a surprise to God, then that means that it's something for him. It's something that he's he's given me. It's some weight that he's putting on the bar. He's trying to grow some muscles in me that I need uh, not only for myself, but actually so I can love somebody else with it. Right. A wise man once told me apple trees don't eat apples. That's what he said, meaning that the fruit that you bear in your life, it's not for you. It's always for somebody else. And just at the right time, that fruit is going to be ripe. So you could give it to somebody else. And if you don't, it just falls to the ground and it spoils because apple trees can't eat apples. So all the stuff you're going through in your life, all these challenges that you're going through, God always gives you what you need for the next challenge. So uh, to having a positive outlook on it, you know, God knows that it's going to happen. He puts you in this situation. And he believes in you. He knows that you can handle it. you uniquely positioned. You have all of the things you need to be able to get through this situation. And you're not getting through the situation for you. You're getting through the situation for somebody else. So just at the right time, you can give them that right food, but you can love them with it. And that person could be, you know, your shipmate that, uh, that, that you serve them with. It could be your kids. It could be your brother. It could be whoever it is. But when you go through those challenges, right, plants need rain to grow, right? And so regardless of, you know, a lot of times we look at the good times and we feel blessed, but rain is a blessing. And so as you go through these situations, you got to look at it from the point of view, uh, from that point of view. Why not me? Thank you, God, for allowing me, putting me in this situation. And I have the opportunity to grow these muscles that I need to love somebody else. And so so that's that's what I would offer to you, to anybody who's thinking about this, because, I, you know, a lot of times I, don't, I really don't think that God cares about the circumstances. What he cares about is what you're gonna do in the circumstances. Are you gonna take the opportunity to grow in your faith? Are you gonna take, take the opportunity to trust him? Are you gonna take the opportunity to, to make sure that that you confirm that he he knows what he's doing and he is still God? Or are you gonna move him out of his chair and sit down because you think you got a better plan than him? And so so that's my notion. My notion that one of the things that kind of helped me help my mental health is that God is still in control. You know, regardless of what you know, you can look through examples all through the Bible, it's cruel people that did bad things, things to God, people, God's people. But regardless of that, he was still in control. Uh, And and when I look back at my life, those all those bad things that happened to me, whether it was in the military or outside the military, man, I wouldn't have it any other way. All those things shaped me. They allowed me. They gave me the fruit I needed so that we could have this conversation. You know, so I could talk so I could talk to my son who's graduating from Howard next year and he's going to be a surface warfare officer. I can shape him. I can give him the, the stuff he needs so that he can be successful and he can identify those challenges and how to have, a, and have the, the resiliency and the toughness to get through. them. And so anyway, um, so that's what I'll offer to you, to the group, to whoever's listening as tips. I mean, you should be asking yourself, why not me? Don't be a you know, you can be a victim or you can be a champion. And that's what God made us to be. So you should always be looking for the opportunity. What I realize is a universal truth from God is that on the other side of uncomfortableness is always growth. So if I want to grow, I got to be in an uncomfortable situation. And when I and I and so when I'm in uncomfortable uncomfortable situation the reason why I grow is cuz I can't depend on myself. I can only depend on God. Uncomfortable situations is where God lives. And so if I want to always be growing, I got to be looking around for what the uncomfortable situation is and I got to go to it. And that's why it's super important that, that your dad instilled the things in you that he did, because um, in those uncomfortable situations, it's easy to lose your form. You know, when you lift weights and they light, you know, you want to focus on your form because when the weight get heavy, if you don't have the right form, you can hurt yourself. And all that stuff your dad gave you, all that fruit he gave to you to be able to handle all these situations with integrity, uh, with, with honesty, uh, you know, um, uh, with, with the right character, um, all of that stuff gave you the form that you needed to have in order to be able to go through the situation that you were going through. And so anyway, you uniquely equipped. And so you should be looking forward to those uncomfortable situations. It's easy to say, it's easy to say, but you should be looking forward to those uncomfortable situations. Um, because those are the situations that's, that's going to grow you and give you the fruit you need so you can love somebody else anyway, that's what i will offer that's how i try to approach it i'm not always successful but i know that that's right because that's that's that's
3: that's who god is uh, i just say real quick a hey, first of all amen <laughs> and then on top of that it's funny you say the why not me because one of the songs that my dad did send me was a tasha page Lockhart, which is called why not me and of course we uh you know pastor bond I know you we can speak to this one is you know we think about job and everybody can preach all these sermons about this type of stuff. But then when God be like, hey, walk out on this water and we talk about Peter, well, he took his eyes off of Christ, you know, and there was a lot of times I was in my house just praising God, like, you know, screaming, just yelling and thanking God. So, I mean, I definitely, a lot of those tools where there was things that we still was able to do, the organizations that God had me, you know, over at that time, that when I got out and I was telling people, there was a lot of people like, man, we didn't know all that was going on. So behind the closed doors, there was that crying But it was like, you know, uh, Jay (laughs) Willamoral spoke on, he said, you know, that mental health and having those people and grabbing them and pulling them up. And that, like I say, you know, just speak to because behind closed door, it was hard, but it was testing my faith. And it did like every day I was getting up. I stayed in church. I stayed preaching. I stayed going to work. I stayed doing my responsibilities. So sometimes even though it's hard. Yeah, uh, as it stated, and I forgot who said it earlier, but you don't know who's watching, and you have to get up and keep doing it. And at that point in time, as I stated earlier, I wanted to turn the greatness off and I'm like, man, I'm going through something, but it was like I couldn't, but definitely appreciate it.
2: Yes, sir. I, I just want to jump in on that and say, I'm sorry that happened to you, B, because um, unfortunately, uh, we all have a story to tell as it relates to uh, our blackness and how it impacted our military career. Uh, my my own story, I, I'll share it, and then I'll, I'll let you know how I made it through. Uh, the first thing I would say is I lean into the word. Uh, Psalm 1 tells us we should be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit, his fruit or her fruit, in his or her season. That tells me that we oftentimes, I said this in our Bible study the other night, we oftentimes look at the tree as the strength. But the, really, the strength is the water. As long as you're planted by the water, then it feeds the tree. And so everything that we have talked about is tree planted by the water. And so the water is nourishing the tree. That being said, my own story. I was in the Air Force 18, 19 years old after a year uh, of college. And uh, my wife, high school sweethearts, went in the Air Force My first job in the Air Force was an administrator, a 702, they call them, enlisted back in the day. Uh, Security Forces Squadron didn't have any stripes on my arm. Nobody should have been hating on me or jealous of me because we didn't have anything. I had my son and uh, my wife and could barely afford to pay rent. So I show up at this uh, Security Forces Squadron and there's a black major and a black chief. And I thought I was in because I said two black men are going to help me make it through the early stages of my career. I couldn't afford to get a haircut. So I was cutting my own hair, not a barber. So you could only imagine what my hair looked like. And so I walk into the to job and in this black major, oh, four, comes up to me and says, oh, I see you. You cut your own haircut in front of cut your own hair in front of everybody. Just kind of embarrassed me, you know. And so they would give me these these hard things to do. These were black men that would do, put things on me that they knew I couldn't. I didn't even know how to do. And so this black chief one day sent me in the bathroom to clean the bathroom. I had never done anything wrong, but we had custodians for that, and I didn't know how to take that. So I went in the bathroom and cleaned the bathrooms in, in our squadron. And so I oftentimes wondered. I would come home to my wife. I tell her this stuff. What was going on? And you know who got me through that? I didn't know enough about God back then, even though I came up in the church. It was my black wife, my woman, my ride or die, who said, they just hating on you because they see your future, hating on you because they see your future. These are people that have already made it. They're hating on you because they see your future. So I would go to work with my chest stuck out because my ride or die told me, with your jacked up haircut, you all good because... It's coming down the road. They hating on you because they see your future. And so she would say that to me all the time. One day I came to work and this same squadron commander comes up to me. I worked at the passing ID section. He came, came up to me. We had a, a a lobby full of people. He said, I saw you coming out of Poe Boys last night. Poe Boys was a restaurant down in Florida that uh, you know, it didn't cost a whole lot of money to to go eat there. And I had enough gall in me to say, and it was good food, and you ought to try it yourself. Here I am at Airman Basic, talking back, as I think about that, to a major in that way. But that's what they did to me. And so I would bring that home to my wife, and she would say, oh, man, don't worry about that, because they they see your future. They're just trying to stop you now, because when you get to your great, you know, uh, they want to stop the great. And so I say to everybody. Don't allow it like like B money just has indicated we go through behind the scenes. We go through a lot of things. Lean into your community. In my case, it was my wife uh, who 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 held me up and she's still here holding me up today. Uh, And so I just would encourage you all to lean into the people that can help you, your family, uh, Chief Williams, uh, Tony. I mean, these are folks uh, that I've learned about today that can even help me still. And so just lean into your family because people are afraid of great. They're afraid of great. And so be money you on your way, man. And so I would, I would just encourage you again, apologize if that happened, but it's not unusual. And I'm glad you made it through it.
6: You know, one thing is, is that people reject what they don't understand. I mean, we're, we all are, are men of God. And when we look at Jesus, I mean, the, the, you know, how do you walk around this, <laughs> this earth and heal people, make the, the blind see and the lame walk, you know, you bring people back from the dead and people still reject what they don't understand. Um, you they don't understand your work ethic. They don't understand why you do what you do, how you do what you do. Um, my spiritual father, he told me, he said, you know, be careful. Um, uh, as, as I started to, the Lord, trans you know, just um, transition me from Homeland Security to owning my own companies. He said, be careful. He said, and you test people by the spirit because people will either, you know, reject you or they'll latch on to your future. Um, as Mr. B. Bond said, they, they rejected his future, but there are people out here, if they can't beat you, they'll join you just to come up with you as well. So you gotta watch out for that as well.
5: Pastor Bond, hey, I applaud you uh, for just being a strong, a strong airman. Uh, when it came down to me, uh, um, I never really dealt with racism personally myself in the Air Force. However, I did see it, and one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to get promoted was because I saw. People looking down on other people and not treating them the way they should. And I always said I wanted to be get promoted as high as I could possibly get promoted in order to be able to help others. That was one of the things. Of course, the money was good to be promoted, but I always thought about I wanted to be in a position where I can help other, help other people. And I can truly say that there were some situations where I saw being in some commands where I did have to step in and take care of some younger brothers, because I saw some things that was in the background and I just wasn't gonna let that happen. And I thank God I was in that that position to be able to do that. So with that being said, I think you guys have heard a couple of different stories, how you had a black major and a black chief who was trying to hold a brother down. But then on Brandon's side, um, even though I'd been retired for almost 10 years, I was able to reach back out. God allowed me to be able to reach back out to some other brothers who were retired and they they reached out to some other brothers who they knew who were still active duty and they were able to engage to be able to help Brandon out. So I say that it all comes down to we have to help each other out. That's what we were talking about earlier. We hate on each other so much. We got to learn to support each other. And then we need to put ourselves, work on educating ourselves. And of course, we have to work extra hard, much harder than anybody else. But when we get to those positions, that allows us to be able to help. All of us are always going to have somebody who's going to be our supervisor, who's going to be over us and stuff like that. But it does at least put us in a position to be able to make a difference. And when you're put in those positions, then you have to accept that responsibility and make sure you're taking care of others and when it came down to brandon and as he said you know we're up at one o'clock in the morning sometimes writing because it hurt me so much because i'd be like i did so much to try to help other people it wasn't just black people i have white people uh white airmen who still keep in contact with me. i'm going down to san antonio next uh next month for retirement for a young lady who made chief and she's not black but she she said one of the things that made a difference in her life was when this chief called her me called her into a, uh, into my office and sat her down and walked through all of her EPR performance reports and all those type of things to try to help her get promoted those type of things. So when you can help people, help everybody. But if you're in a position, make sure that your black uh, your black brothers and sisters are not struggling out there. It, um-
7: and.
5: And, and the last thing is this, that when Brandon was um, was sitting there, and I'm thinking, like, what can I do? I've tried to help people so much. And here it is, my own son. I feel helpless. I don't even know what to do. But, of course, number one was God. We trusted in God. And as I told him, I said, always be excellent, because that helped a lot. Because when I was going out and I was fighting and I was contacting these people, I was able to say, that this young man was someone who was an honor graduate out of basic training. He was the Airman of the Year in that squadron for two years, In that same squadron that he was getting dogged by this new commander. He was senior and below the zone. He did all these things. So that gave me that ammunition to be able to say that when they went to their superiors and all their contacts, they were able to say, how can someone who has had all these accomplishments all of a sudden become a scumbag within six months? And that made a huge difference. So God, number one, but we have to do our part as well. And then when we get in those positions, we have to make sure that we reach back and bring our brothers and sisters up.
7: Yeah, um, I'd like to to piggyback on that as well. Um, One of the things I realize is being excellent means that you're going to ascend, Right. You're going to get to levels where you're going to look around and you're going to be the only person in the room that looks like you. And uh, and I, I can say honestly for myself, there's been times where I looked around and, and I didn't see any anybody like me, and I asked myself, "Man, do I belong here?" Because I wasn't, I, even though I worked hard to get there, um, I I wasn't always treated like I was I belong there, and 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 I had these insecurities in myself. I can only speak for myself that was asking me that they caused me to ask those questions, and I just want to I just want to just let everybody here know. That you wherever you are, you belong there. If you find yourself in the room with and you're the only person that looks like you, God puts you in that room, right? You be, you belong there because you're there. And so a lot of times that's that's where you can you can try to hide your greatness. Uh, that's a, a lot of times you can try to so other people can try to diminish your greatness. But um, that's where your greatness should shine the brightest um, because you are uniquely positioned to be in that place because you have the opportunity to make relationships, to challenge stereotypes and change people's perspective. And that's the reason why you're there. And so I just felt like I needed to say that because I think I'm, I, I hope I'm not the only person who kind of struggles with that. Uh, if I am, that's great. But if not, wherever you are, you belong there and and make sure you step into it, embrace it, uh, and, and become the champion for yourself.
5: You're not, because it's like even in my uh, my job now as a civilian, sometimes I'm sitting in the room. I'm the only uh, African-American in the room, but I strive to make sure that I carry myself and I'm always competent in my job that I'm never, ever going to let them be able to say that, look at him, you know, he can't do this because, because he's black, you know? So, and I thank God I've been blessed to be successful uh, in my career, both military and in the civilian. So, uh, always just step into your greatness. When you're there, act like you've been there before. I heard this in, like about uh, in football. It's like you get in the end zone. You have to do the dance in the end zone because when you get in the end zone, hey, act like you like you've been there before and like you know that you deserve to be there. And that's what it's all about. Hey, hey, but I'm a major in the U.S. Space Force, so um, it's
4: like that all the time. So every now and then, I got to dance. <laughs> I'm, I'm dancing in that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that being said man this has been a, a wisdom that's that's the word that comes to mind man wisdom um we've been able to to partake and and eat off of of uh, off of a tree you know what i'm saying even though i hear my dad speak all the time uh, i hear mr williams i hear mr williams do be money and julius you know when we having conversations tony t has talked about you agnosium for the past I want to say at least the past month and a half, he was like, hey, T- Tony was watching our podcast and he said this, this and this. And this." And then, I mean, I mean, we feasted on that for weeks, texting back and forth. Um, And so, you know, what we are trying to do here is, is leave a legacy. Let's go back, circle back to the very beginning. We just want to leave a legacy. I want my son to be able to watch this when he's 18, 19 years old and say, look at what my dad was doing. You know, there's some other stuff out there that my brother and I do, you know, content wise and stuff like that. But I I want him to be able to say. I crossed all the I's and dotted all the T's, as as most people say. I know I said that backwards. Um, That was on purpose. Um, But I, I also want to be able to for other young men to be able to watch this and say, you can make it. You can make it. No doubt none of us have gotten to the place where we feel like we're too big that we can't pick somebody up. So pick somebody up, bring them along with you. If if they're not meant to come with you, cut them off and keep it moving, but always push and and, and, and do better. And that's, that's what I want to leave
2: everybody with on this episode.
0: Anybody else got anything before we close it out?
2: Yep. Can I leave y'all with something? Uh, from my perspective, I, I was just sitting here watching and I counted up the number. Uh, I see B-Money, I see my son, Brandon, I see uh, Moses, uh, my man in the corner, uh, I see uh, Ju- Julius. Um, I see five men, five men, and uh, I'm into biblical numerology. I don't play the numbers, but I'm, I'm into biblical numerology, and the number five represents Grace. And so, as I see uh, this group of men, uh, this group of five young men, uh, it represents grace. And so, I want you all to remember uh, what grace is. Grace hung on the cross. Grace went to the grave. Grace got up. Grace ascended. Grace sent the Holy Spirit. And so, you all represent grace. And so, as you permeate your own communities, I pray for God's grace over each and every one of you. And I would be remiss uh, as a pastor if I didn't pray. And so uh, with that being said, I've got to pray and y'all can close it out however you want to, but this is gonna be my last word. So Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, we lift up your name on high, we give you glory, we give you honor. We praise you for who you are. We thank you for your many blessings that you have bestowed on these young men. We thank you for the strength of these young men who have, who have just set the example, set the bar high for all of us, not just them, but for all of us to see that there is hope in community. We thank you for their fervor. We thank you for their persistence. We thank you for their favor that you have bestowed upon them. Now, continue to bless them. Bless them in everything that they do. Continue to keep them. Keep them in your perfect will and in the perfect way. We know that discouragement is going to come to them, but we know that they can process discouragement. And we thank you and we praise you already that you have brought them on the other side of through. Thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Amen.
0: That being said, this has been another episode of The Fellas. Thank y'all, man.
6: That was good. That was that was food for the soul right there.